I am excited about this. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about lens sensor LUTs. I'm going to be talking more about how camera settings while you're shooting are a tool that uh, I think many are overlooking. And let, let me get into a little bit of the teaser for the argument so I can, so, so you know if you're interested in listening any further. So you know how a lot of people say um, if a camera doesn't have a log format, or especially if it doesn't have any raw recording capabilities, that you should choose a neutral profile, like, like the Panasonic uh, natural profile, and then go all negative 5, negative 5, negative 5, except for a lot of people are talking about, uh, for instance, on the Panasonic GX85 to go just negative 3 on color. But most of the time people are saying, turn everything down, turn it all the way down, and then fix it in post. Okay, so I'm not going to argue with that per se, but I am so excited to talk about something I discovered um, and this is after testing several different lenses. <clears throat> and um, I've never heard this before, so so let's let's give you the short version. I discovered, and you may already know this, but let's just talk about me being excited about it. I discovered that you can use certain camera settings uh, within the color profile. Uh, for instance, we're, if we're talking about the Panasonic system, under the natural color profile, you've got four different settings. You can use certain settings that people usually say not to touch, or at least not to use on the positive side. You can use them to actually improve the image. And here's how. Can you believe that noise reduction, positive noise reduction, can decrease the contrast? You're saying, okay, of course I know that. Yeah, of course. But is it a benefit? Does it make it look better? Well, let me quote one of my favorite YouTubers, Spencer Whiteman. He's, he, he talks in a way that he just says, friend. And he, and he encourages the person who's a viewer to just really uh, take heart that he, he's there for you. And, and I, I'd love to be like that, too. It's, it's a great approach. And he kind of reminds me of Bob Ross in a certain way. And I've talked about Bob Ross on my YouTube channel. Um, how he just took every person in and said, you know, um, I just, I don't know. He, I think Bob Ross, the way he was uh, quoted as saying that he um, spoke like he was speaking to just one person. And he said, in, in his words, he said, and I'm crazy about that person. Next, I'm going to just talk about what is this thing I'm so excited about? What is the the whole reason I'm kind of going this on the whole lens sensor LUTs, but I'm now talking about camera settings. What do you do? And I thought LUTs were something you do in post-production. Well, here's what my goal... Let me just lay out my goal to start with. My goal is to make every lens look its best. Well, not the lens, but the image that comes from the lens and sensor combination, right? And isn't that, that the goal, right? We're trying to make the best image we can with the lenses that we have. 
or that we can afford, right? So I took a number of lenses, and I have a few left on my list that I haven't um, tested yet. But I took lenses which I consider to be the most commonly available, and yet, and very inexpensive. You'll, you'll, if I start telling you which lenses these are, some people are going to probably just tune me out. But I took these lenses. Uh, if you want to wonder exactly the entire list of what they are, check out my uh, LUTs page, silverlightphotoco.com slash LUTs, and dial into one of the cameras you're, you're looking at. Um, the G85 has the most profiles right now, um, but the GX85 is coming right along. And see what lenses I'm talking about. I'm talking about, okay, probably the most expensive lens is the Tokina 11 to 16. It's a great lens, but that is the most expensive lens on my list right now. Second on that list is the Sigma 17 to 50 2.8. Third is probably the Tamron. Um, well, not in cost. The Tamron's actually fairly inexpensive a lot of the time, but Tamron's 17 to 50 2.8. And now I'm going to talk about lenses that are even below that. I'm going to talk about lenses like the Nikon 18 to 55. Yes, kit 18 to 55. I used to hate that lens, and I I only say that because now I'm starting to feel like I have a system to make that lens usable. Now uh, other lenses in that range of price are, are I'm going to mention a few of them: the Nikon 55 to 200, the Nikon 51.8D is a, is an excellent lens, so it hardly hardly deserves me sort of joking about reputation because it has no negative reputation, but that's in this list as well because it's inexpensive. Other lenses in this list: the Tamron and the ProMaster probably the same thing, 75 to 300. The the Nikon back to Nikon kit lenses, the Nikon 18 to 70. These are all lenses. They, I mean, you, you might say that the Tokina 11 to 16 has got a pretty good reputation, so no surprise there. And the, and the Sigma 17 to 50, also great reputation. But my goal is to get the best quality with the less with the least amount of money spent. And so I just want to say I'm I'm really excited about this concept of a combination of using the camera settings and a LUT, and sometimes not even needing the LUT, to make these lenses look better on a specific camera. So now you're, you're, if you do remember my um, my definition of a lens sensor LUT was that every lens-sensor combination needs a different LUT. And then to go beyond that in the argument, uh, I'm going to add the scenario of camera settings. Now, every lens-sensor combination needs a different set of camera settings. And you're thinking, boy, what is this? This guy's he's nuts. He's What is he doing? Well, I'm saving money. But 
if you don't uh, try this, you may not really believe it. But I, I'm really super serious about the idea of getting really good quality from really inexpensive lenses. And I just know that anybody who's heard of these lenses or, you know, I'm talking about kit lenses from Nikon. There's there's four different versions even of the 18 to 55. There's the first version. Um, and on my on my website on the LUDs page, I will start to put the date range or at least the version number. So you've got, for instance, four different versions of the 18 to 55. You've got the version one, you've got the version two, and then you've got the VR version one and the VR version two. And so if you look on the lens, you'll see if it does not say VR, it'll either have a version two or not. You know, like the two L's or the, I don't think it has the lowercase, I think it's uppercase LL. So if you don't see the VR, there's two versions of that one. If you do see the VR, there's two versions of that one. So I've test I've got two of those so far. I've tested one and I need to purchase the other two. But they're fairly inexpensive, so I'm, you know, on that road. Um oh, another lens too that that's an economical lens but goes a little further back. Uh I usually don't recommend the manual focus era, but I got a really good a clean uh Nikon 50 1.8 series E. And I have built a profile for that. So before I go too much further, I don't want to lose anyone here. So let me just tell you really exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking, uh, for instance, the Panasonic GX85 and the G85. And I'm using the natural color profile, not even a log format. And I am tweaking the four available settings... You know, sharpness, oh, sorry, contrast, sharpness, noise reduction, and color. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how those four settings might surprise you. So I'm going to start with the most controversial, but the most exciting to me. And that is, and I'm, I hinted at it, did you know that you can use noise reduction to reduce the contrast? Well, you probably know that, but guess what it is? It is a, a fine-tuning tool. When you've turned the contrast all the way down, and you can't go any further down than negative 5, and yet your lens is still too sharp or too contrasting, what do you do? Um... A lot of people say, well, get a different lens. And I agree that that is what I had done in the past. But you've got these four tools. Contrast reduction can do a lot for a lot of these lenses, like the Nikon 18-55 to has a ton of contrast. I know there are plastic elements in the lens, and there's all kinds of optical inferior uh, optically inferior uh, aspects inside that lens, but it creates a lot of contrast. And in fact, so much so that I have used it on several camera bodies before I tested this method of using the settings and, uh, well, sometimes even without a LUT, but in combination with a LUT sometimes. And 
it's never been a lens I could work with. It's just been, well, I would go around and say bad things about it. Let's just put it that way. So now, today, I just actually tested that one on a Panasonic G85. And if my memory is correct, I went negative three contrast. I might actually go negative four. I went negative three sharpness. And I went plus one noise reduction, I believe. And negative one color. So you're like, well, what is all that? Is that arbitrary? No. That's like two hours of testing every variable that I can figure out, right? That is in a studio, controlled lighting environment, taking um, the contrast down by one, looking at it, taking it down by two, looking at it, taking it down by three, looking at it, and then moving on to the next one and saying, okay, what else does it need? And doing this very systematically, I've been able to identify that you can take a lens that doesn't look very filmic, in fact, uh, specific to the Nikon 18-55 version 1. That's what, that's what I'm starting on, the version 1 on the G85 in the natural color profile. It looked really bad at 0, 0, 0, 0. And you might give up on that lens. I mean, you say, well, just, let's just go turn it all negatives and see what happens. Well, it's not quite that simple, actually. I figured out that you need to use certain things like noise reduction to fine-tune the contrast. Noise reduction does a good job of sort of muddying up, in a good way, the highlight areas. So that you've got a more a smoother roll-off um, for the highlights. You know, that's a big problem with the, like the Panasonic GX85 and the G85 sensor. When there's no anti-aliasing uh, filter, no low-pass filter, you really struggle, or I, at least I have, and I've noticed looking at other people's footage, you really struggle with certain lenses because they're too much contrast. So this little trick of using noise reduction is a fun uh, refinement if you get a chance, give this a try. So I'm going to be making profiles for all of the lenses I have. And with this new knowledge, I've, I've gone in the last couple of weeks, I've gone through, um, so the Nikon 18 to 70, uh, actually, I, I, last, I listed quite a few lenses. And I've gone through some that I sold, but um, I'll probably be bringing back because I actually just shot a color chart. And I didn't go in and try to do this fine-tuning. Now that I've been using this method of fine-tuning these four variables, in the Panasonic system anyway, I am so excited about what this is doing. So for instance, and this is something that you, I really am going to make a video for YouTube about uh, because visuals are, are all the story here, right? So this Nikon 18-55, to though, that I tested today, started out being so contrasty and too sharp that it made the image look so digital it was, to me, unacceptable. When an image just strikes you as not being real, 
or strikes me anyway, as not being real. I just feel like uh, it's digital. It's just it's just like okay, you know, you, you almost feel like going back to shooting film, right? You almost feel like yeah, everything was better back in the '80s and '90s when they shot uh, film stock from movies. I mean, that's just kind of the feeling you start to get. Before I discovered this method of using uh, noise reduction and contrast and and just tweaking the sharpness, not all the way down, but a little bit, I had given up on many of these lenses. So for the product, for the 18-55 to on the G85, you'll have to try it. I just, <laughs> I'm going to make a video, yes, I got to do that. But if you if you want to shortcut this uh, before the video comes out, go try it. Um, my my webpage has the LUT settings, or sorry, has the camera settings at. Uh, well, I'll let you look it up. But like I mentioned, I think it was negative three, negative three, plus one, negative one. For that lens, you'd be amazed, right? When you look at it, you just say, "Okay, now this looks decent." Now this, to me, it just, it gets close to my goal, which is that real feel, the sense of reality, the feeling like you just kind of forget that this is a digital sensor. You forget that this is a digital cinematography tool, right? I mean, cinematography and film, I mean, the whole term filmmaking just reminds us all the time of and and then when people say film look it just reminds us that we are in a struggle at least those of us who have lower quality sensors because of our um our limited budget and and really my goal is to function within this limited budget and create great quality and then tell other people about how I did it that's what drives me that's what i'm excited about so before I go too much further on just sheer excitement without a lot of information that's useful to you uh, as a listener, let me try to build a little bit more of a structure here. My method is as follows. Take the lens, and uh, obviously we're, we're starting in the, the section relating to that camera. So if you go on my website, thesilverlightphotoco.com, go to the LUTs page, the first step is to select the camera. So I will do that. I'll go into my own web page, select the camera, and then I will go to the page. Um, and next level I have, and kind of experimenting with, I have it listed by shot. So the the full shot, the, the tight shot, all those different things. I'm trying to sort of refine that to, to be real, authentic naming convention for for filmmaking shots. But you can always go and just type in the lens that is, you know, Nikon 50 or whatever in the search. So that's that's the override. Um, I'm not so familiar with the film uh, shots, the standard shots yet, that I can find stuff all the time. Uh, but I'm getting there. So I just use the search myself a lot. So you start with the camera body, and then you search for the lens. Once you find that lens you'll see the color profile, which most of the time is natural for Panasonic here. And then you'll see the settings, the contrast setting, the sharpness setting, the noise reduction setting, 
and the color setting. And those things, I, I just have to say, if you've never tried this approach, don't underrate those settings. Because I just, it's just hard to tell this story without pictures, but um, I'm starting to load those pictures and those samples in on my website, so check those out. But if you if you were to um, see the before and after pictures, you would just be amazed. Uh, like I say, this 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 Panasonic G85 with a Nikon 18 to 55 at all zeros was so uninspiring. I just you just feel like get a different lens. But I have learned that tweaking these four variables can bring a lens. Oh, wow, a long way. So what else can I say? I just, I just, I'm super excited about this, but it's like, this is something I've got to make a video about because it's so visual. So just be aware that I'm adding, um, I'm trying to do one lens calibration per day. And I'm trying to get lenses in as fast as I can. Um, there's, there's some lenses that, uh, well, they're all affordable lenses. That's the good news. But there's some lenses I don't have right now. And so, and of course, there's a ton of camera bodies I don't have right now. So if you are listening to this around the time I published this, which is in March, at the beginning of March 2000 or 2021, um, you're going to see only Panasonic GX85, Panasonic G85, and well, Panasonic FC1000, but that's not an interchangeable lens. So, but yet there is some tricks to that camera as well. You'll also see GoPro 4, Hero 4 Silver, Hero 4 Black. You'll also see my own cell phone, which is a Samsung Galaxy S9, not even the dual lens, just a single lens. And my goal is to eventually be able to test all the cameras you see listed on that web page, including Sony. I know that sounds funny, but I'm not going to buy Sony glass. I'm going to be sticking with Nikon glass. So I, I'll tell you, there's there's a there's a method to this madness, if you want to say it that way. There is a real goal underneath this whole thing, and that is super low budget filmmaking. If you're into that by choice or if you're into that by uh, of necessity, I encourage you to check out my website because that is my overall goal. I am never going to recommend, you know, you know, hope I don't go <laughs> don't go into uh, come into a lot of money then 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 change my mind. But I'm just going to say this, I'm never going to recommend a system number one, that I don't use, but number two, that's not affordable because I want people to be able to do it. I want people, I want to be able to talk to people and have them with, within a couple of months, save up enough money to start on this road because I want it to be accessible. I just want this to be something that it's not just me after two years or five years of saving and saving and saving that I finally can get into filmmaking. You know, it's, I'm sorry I'm I'm sort of setting off a a fire here for this this subject but I really just have this really a desire to 
to to keep breaking down the whole dark what I call the dark ages of filmmaking the whole um you know the elite only the rich people the millionaires and you know how it started out right in, in Hollywood was only the millionaires could could do filmmaking because it was so expensive I think I talked about that in one of my recent episodes but I'm just you see that's my goal and that's why I'm going in and messing with the color settings the plus and minus five on the color settings why am I why am I even bothering you might ask well I'll tell you I've been having such great results in the last few weeks taking lower cost lenses and making them look so much better you know I, I hear this question or I see this question over and over again on YouTube People say, what are the settings you recommend? And the most common answer I hear or see in the comments or even on videos is just go negative five on everything. In, you know, the color profiles for Panasonic, for example. But I've tried that. It doesn't work. It creates something you got to color grade really hard afterwards and then it just doesn't always come back so after looking at stuff uh, done that way and I you know Spencer Whiteman has a really good approach about leaving the color at negative three instead of going all the way negative five but I'll tell you some lenses need individual attention I'll just put it that way some lenses are unruly some lenses were designed uh, not for the sensor that you're probably using it on, especially if you're adapting lenses. I, I just say that's probably most likely the case. If you're adapting lenses, the lens was not designed with that sensor in mind. So, uh, you know, when what were they designed for? Well, um, you know, depends how old the lens was, right? It was probably designed for film. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, I don't, I, I just, okay, we're going to stop with this comment, but something I don't get about some of the modern lens designs, even from great companies like Sigma, is why are they making the lenses sharper and sharper and sharper when the digital sensors look worse with a sharper lens? You know, <laughs> it's kind of a big mystery to me. I'll just say just real quick. One of the many lenses that I've run through my testing was the Sigma 30, and I know, just the f2.8. I didn't spend the money on the f1.4, but I just bought the f2.8 as a test. It's an art lens still. And you know what? It was too sharp. On my Panasonic GX85, it looked bad. Why? Because a sharp lens on a sensor like the GX85 or the G85, it reveals the pixels. I don't know how else to say it, but you know anti-aliasing for fonts. Have you ever seen, just type in anti-aliasing, maybe go to Wikipedia and read about it. There's probably some picture illustrations of when you turn off anti-aliasing for your fonts, on your computer screen or the iPad, I think they call it clear text or clear type on the iPad or iOS, it looks bad. 
And anti and aliasing is a good thing. So I mean sorry, anti-aliasing is a good thing. It smooths out the edges to make the font look non-digital. It takes away that old step like if you have an angle, uh straight lines you can't tell, right? But something at an angle, you'll see like stair stepping. That is what you get when your lens is too sharp. So I can I can pick that up now just by looking. I'll be like, oh, okay, so I look at a horizontal or sorry, I look at a diagonal line. And what what in my shot is often a diagonal line is the uh uh, part of the mic clip that I use and, and the mic's uh, arm that comes in, I can spot the diagonals stair-stepping when the lens is too sharp. And so what do I do at that point? I say, okay, I've identified the sharpness needs to go down. Sometimes you can't push the sharpness all the way down, though, for certain lenses. And this is really why you got to give the lens individual attention on those four variables. If you go too far down on the sharpness, the lens is basically, you're like, just, that's not that sharp. And you say, well, we're going to sharpen it in post. Yeah, well, you know how much computer processing that takes? And you know how sometimes you actually just can't get it back. I mean, you I shouldn't say it that way. You can You can sharpen it and post a lot, but it's destructive. And I'll just tell you, there's something in in-camera capture when you're going to that MPEG file, the MP4 or whatever it is, you have a single chance to capture it in a certain way. And I'm learning that if you don't get those camera settings right, it's not always as good. So I don't want to go too long <laughs> with this, but I'll just say I'm just really super excited. I, 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 you know, like most people, I had assumed the best approach was to go negative five, negative five, negative five, and then maybe negative three on color. But I am just excited about what's happening when I'm giving each lens sensor combination individual attention. And so I'm taking all of these settings from the tests I'm doing, and I'm putting them on my website. And I'm uh, right now they're 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 free, and so check it out silverlightphotoco.com/lets, and pick the camera, and then search for the lens by either typing it in the search, or if you want to dig through my different shot uh, categories, you can do that as well. This is something that I'm adding to daily. So if there's not that many up there for your camera, or if there's none, <laughs> check back. And uh, I'm excited uh, to keep putting uh, more samples up there.